those of us who believe, it is that fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners like me plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilt and stains what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make us whole again individually in our churches in our nation nothing 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 but the blood of Jesus oh precious is that flow that washes white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That kind of gospel is too bitter for modern churches compared to the syrupy, slurpy, sweet, self-comforting sermons that lukewarm Christians cry out for. Truth. Truth. I saw that on one of the signs. Truth. Truth. Without the marinade of 21st century cultural correctness, political correctness, secular humanism parading in the pulpit, to agree with the late great Leonard Ravenhill he looked out at the modern evangelical church in 1969 and said I doubt that even 5% are born again You're not born again, dear one, because you attend religious services somewhere. You're not born again because you shook some preacher's hand. No, 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 no. You're not born again because you pray over your meals. Somebody asked me today, they served me my lunch and I started eating. And they said, aren't you going to pray? I said, I prayed for two hours this morning. And you, you're going to condemn me because I didn't pray a little religious prayer over my food? I prayed over my food this morning before I left my room. Thank you, Lord, for blessing our food and our drink this day. Thank you, Lord, according to your word, that it gives us the power to serve you. 
Thank you for taking sickness and disease out of the midst of us. Quit being so religious. Dear God, Phil Driscoll was carrying on up here and I wanted to roll. What? I said roll. Make you on fire. My son was born with an autism spectrum disorder. They handed me my boy at three years of age and said three doctors in the room, including a psychiatrist. Not for him, for me. And from my wife. It sounds funny, but it wasn't at the time. They said, what we have to share with you, most parents divorce within a year. Half of them end up having to be treated for mental illness. And it is our suggestion to you to take this boy, put him in an institution, It's easy for you to shout, I guess. Put him in an institution and forget he was ever born. There is no treatment. There is no cure. And there is no hope. And with tears dripping off my chin, I said, hold on, doc. Because I can go with you on no treatment. I can go with you on no cure. But I can't abide that no hope thing. Because that's out of your category. That's not under your purview. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Never go to school. He graduated high school with a 4.1 GPA. He'll never go to college. He graduated college with a 4.2 GPA. He'll never ride a bike. He has his own Dodge Hemi. He'll never get married. He's knocking on my door to marry his girlfriend of three years for the last two years. Don't talk to me about hope. Somebody ought to shout. Now stop shouting about my miracle and shout the ones about to show up in your house. Let me help you. Tonight, I have been speaking about a deep, deep desire for eternal change. Shout eternal. Tonight, we set ourselves on a collision course with the forces of darkness. Shove your neighbor and say, this is not a recreation room. This is a battlefield. Man, you're battle stations ready your weapons lock and load a holy ghost invasion is about to hit america 
I'm closing. This is closing number one. Oh, I've been preaching this gospel full time for 47 years. I've been pastoring the same church for 47 years. I have been married to the love of my life for 35 years. My children serve God with reckless abandon. Tonight, we take our families back. Shall put it back. Put it back. I mean, get mad about it. You need a Holy Ghost, holy indignation to take your children's life back. Take your home back, Mom. Start praying, Dad. Stop sending them to church and lead them to church. Start having an altar in your home again. Are you getting your money's worth? Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I got more, honey. I'm not through the introduction. I got 18 pages. I didn't come to say something. I came with something to say. And I need to say this because... Phil Driscoll led me into it. No anointing ever leaves the earth. That's over your head. No anointing ever leaves this earth. That blind eye healing anointing, it's still in the earth. It's been put back, but it's looking for somebody to pick it up. Shall put it back. The anointing is tangible. It's transferable. It was in Moses' rod. It was in Elijah's staff. It was in Elisha's bones when he'd been dead for years. And when dead things got thrown in on those dead bones, they raised to life again. We're about to resurrect some dead bones. That anointing, that anointing was in Peter's shadow. It was in Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons. It was in the hymn of Jesus God. And it has never left the earth. <laughs> Dr. Oral Roberts laid his hands on me. That anointing is still here. Dr. Lester Sumrall laid his hands on me. That anointing is still here. Smith Wigglesworth who raised 17 people from the dead is my spiritual grandfather. That anointing is transferable. Yeah. 
the great incomparable prophet Kenneth Copeland laid his hands on me and released me into the apostolic anointing. Norval Hayes put his hands on me and did more in 30 seconds to build faith in my heart than every other preacher that ever lived. No anointing leaves the earth. Brother Summerall, I'm closing. Closing number two. Brother Summerall, at 28 years of age, found himself in the jungles of Central America. There, Dr. Wendell Lowe, my companion for, not that kind of companion. We, we preached and played together for 30 years. I feel an anointing rising right now. I mean, I sense it around my ankles and my knees, up around my waist, and we're about to swim. Shove your neighbor and say, come on, we're about to take another dip. Just dip your shoulders and come up shouting. Come on, take another dip. I said, take another dip. There's a fresh wind of the baptism in the Holy Ghost all over this room. Open your mouth and begin to speak a language that's not native to you. Do it now. Do it now. You don't need somebody to lay hands on you. It's in the room. Shout, it's in the room. Shout, he's in the room. All right, here we go. Be seated. Here we go. Here we go. So he came across a witch doctor, like the real kind. Not the kind that make money on late night TV, like the real kind, witch doctor. He wasn't giving out horoscopes. He was pouring a mixture of his own blood and alcohol into the mouth of a bullfrog. Strongest satanic symbol there is. Read the book of the Revelation. He was spinning and uttering with his eyes back in his head demonic incantations. So Brother Summerall walked up to him, handed him his card, and said, uh, I'm the pastor of the first church and... Uh, we have counseling sessions for folks like you on every other thing. If you know that's not what he did, shout now. Right? No, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He walked up to that pathetic human person, possessed of legion, slapped a left hand on a right jaw and a right hand on a left jaw, and shouted these words, rarely heard in the modern church. Come out of him, you foul spirit.
of hell. Man fell over with a thud, got up, prayed the sinner's prayer, got gloriously baptized in the Holy Ghost, and spent the rest of his life teaching the gospel. Hold on. Hold on. Brother Summerall went back to the suite in the Hyatt Hotel. Driving his Bentley. If you got a Bentley, don't be upset. God raised you up to be a paymaster. Somebody told me once you can't have an airplane. I said, don't say that. I'll get two. I've had eight. And I'm looking for another. He went back and laid down inside a little hut. A little bit of rotten material in an opening in the clay wall. A little breeze blowing in. He was thankful for it. A little cot up against the wall. And he said suddenly in that heat, he began to see his breath crystallize. It became so cold, he began to shiver in that little cot. A horrible odor filled the room. And it said these words. As his bed was shaking up and down. That's when you'd have quit the ministry. Well, I guess prayer just doesn't work. With him in it. He raised up in his bed and said, I recognize you. It's good to have spiritual discernment. You might not marry that loser. Just say. If he has to pick you up for a date, coming on the bus, and you got to go in his car and do Dutch, Tell him to stay home, Boaz. And I have a lot of college students around me. It just comes out of me. I just. Yeah, he raised up and he said, I recognize you. I cast you out earlier today. Go from me. Said the bed settled down in the middle of the floor. Evil spirit left the room. Heat returned. Curtain lay back down against that little clay wall. And there he sat. Right there is where you're going to go on every television program. Write 72 books. And raise millions of dollars. Because you commanded the devil and he listened. But see, that's the difference. He didn't do that. He raised back up in that little cot sitting in the middle of that floor.
and said, as he looked out that little hole in the wall, hey devil, get back in here. He said, when I came in here, my bed was against that wall. Now in the name of Jesus, put it back. The bed moved back against the wall and he said, now get. And went back to sleep. I dare you to tell something, put it back. I preached, I preached that man's eulogy. It was my great honor. I preached his wife's eulogy. It was my great honor. When I preached Dr. Sumrall's eulogy on my left side sitting next to me was the great incomparable Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan. On the other side was the incomparable Dr. Oral Roberts. And I'm in my late 20s, and I'm the one bringing the eulogy. But I could do it because I knew him. He had something, and I wanted it. And I chased him. When I was mocked, I kept chasing him. When people said, look at Parsley. What's he want to be, a little something wrong? What do you listen to stupid people for? Here's one thing he taught me. Other people's head is a stupid place to keep your happiness. Shall put it back. Now I'm going to tell you about picking it up. Real quick. Real quick. Say pick it up. Shout it again. Pick it up. And he took the robe of Elijah that fell from him and struck the water and said, you know, you got to talk. Here's the verse of the decade, not of the night, not of the year. Here's the verse of the decade. Psalm 81.10. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. And God said, I will fulfill it. Now you see the words that you speak. So shall it be. Get to talking. He struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? You know what God's saying today? Where are my Elijahs? Everybody's crying out to God. God's done what he's going to do. Oh, the Lord is moving. When did he stop? Revival is coming. From where? He fills all in all. Tap in, bro. He's moving. He's talking. He can't help it if you're out of calling distance. Your spiritual cell tower is too far away from the throne. The closer the throne you get, the better your reception. 
So he struck the water with it, and it parted from one side to the other, and Elisha crossed over. Elijah said, what do you want, kid? He said, I want a double portion. Don't be ever satisfied with what somebody else had. Anointings never leave the earth. They wait to be picked up. And when they're picked up, they multiply. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. Brother Summerall cast the devil out of one girl when he was 40 years old in Billy Bid Prison in Manila, the Philippines. The headlines of the newspaper the next day in Manila read, The devil is dead. Brother Summerall told me that wasn't very good theology, but it was pretty much true. The mayor of the city of Manila said, what do you want? You set our city free. He said, I want the town square. I want to preach the gospel. He said, you've got it. Six weeks later, 150,000 adults had bowed their knee. Today, today, the second largest church in all of Asia is still there. They had 72,000 last Sunday. It seats 25,000. Oh, we're taking the city. You in a storefront. Come on. But tonight, you can pick it up. What they had. Arenas like this, under Finney, Spurgeon, filled up seven times a day. Not with believers, with sinners. A revival is not when the world gets right. It's when we make it be put back and pick it up. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the Christ of God, the Anointed One and His anointing, I ask you now, confirm every word I have spoken. Fill these people with the Holy Ghost. Let the anointing of heaven Fall upon every receptive heart in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone standing, no one looking around, every head bowed. Now, 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 now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you have a problem with your balance, you can stay seated. Every person in the quietness of this moment, every person watching, Every person listening right now. The problem in the church is 
We're trying to get what doesn't belong to us yet because we have not truly been born again. If you're trying to do better and can't, you're not born again. I'm not, I'm not talking about you pray to prayer sometimes. That's not what I'm talking about. Hear me. Jesus said, you must be born again. Anything that's born to be born a second time must die. There's a dying in this thing that we've left out. We ask folks just to make a decision for Christ. That's a good thing. But it's like going to McDonald's and you're up in front of that screen where the menu hadn't changed in 20 years. And I'm getting aggravated at you because you're trying to make a decision. Do you want a Big Mac or a quarter pounder with cheese? If you'll just order and move on, I'll buy you both. A decision is a conclusion after consideration. So you decide, I want to follow Jesus. Thank God for that. Secondly, we say, confess Christ. So that's when you're in the McDonald's line and you pull up. You've made your, you, you've made your decision. Now you're going to place an order. That's a formal statement. I want a Big Mac. And she says, Big Mac, $42.19. Would you like a Coke? So, so you made a confession. You decided, then you confessed. Are you still hungry? Yes. Why? Because that Big Mac's never been converted to energy. It's never been converted. We have head decisions without heart conversions. Therefore, we have not become new creatures. We're just the same guy trying to be better. A lot of folks have been duped by the tens of millions. You're a good person. You're trying to do everything you should. But inside you're still empty. You see others and you wonder why they seem so full of joy and peace. And you're about to lose your mind. Well, tonight all that changes. Because in a moment we're going to pray. And when we pray, God's going to do exactly what we ask Him to do. Don't put it off. That book says tomorrow's promised to no one. Today is the day of salvation. A 19-year-old beauty queen a few weeks ago went in for a routine tox tonsillectomy and she never went home. She hemorrhaged to death on the table. A Super Bowl winning athlete sitting in his home, 32 years of age, fell in the floor of a heart attack and never got up. 
This is real. And eternity is long. And whoever told you hell was not a reality is a liar. Did you hear me? I'm talking to you, Mr. Book Writer. I'm talking to you. Hell is a place where the worm dies not and the fire is never quenched. How do I know that? The book said so. Hell is a place where the smoke of human torment will rise up under the nostrils of God forever. You say, well, they aren't literal flames. Okay, I'll go with you. They're not literal flames. If you believe that, that's fine. Just think of something worse because that's what it is. It's not a holiday. Wasn't made for you, made for the devil and his angels. Heaven was made for you where you leap like a heart over the everlasting hills of God's glory to suffer, sigh, cry, die no more. That's what was made for you. And tonight, in this room, you can receive heaven on earth. Heaven to go to heaven in. That's what God has for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I'm going to count to three, and when I say three, you want to go to heaven and not hell, have life and not death, have blessing and not cursing, serve God and not yourself. When I say three, I want you to bravely and boldly shoot your hand up in the air. We're going to pray a prayer, and at the end of that prayer, you'll be converted. You'll become a new creature. Everything old has passed away and everything becomes new. You have no past, only a future. On three, raise that hand. This time tomorrow, I may be in heaven and you may not. I pray God not, but this is your opportunity. Break the chains. Become a new creature tonight in Christ Jesus by the blood of Calvary's cross. Two, 30 seconds between you and eternity. You may have laced your shoes for the last time, locked your doors at home for the last time. I pray not, but tonight get ready. You say, preacher, you're trying to frighten me. I would to God I could frighten you. The fear of the Lord's the beginning of wisdom. I'm gonna to count to three. Right now, you can change your life and eternity do it do it do what you'll be glad you did when you stand before the judgment throne of god i know you want to do it you just want me to stop talking so we can pray all right i will on three raise that hand one two three raise it up leave it up leave it up leave it up L leave it up don't put it down don't put it down we're going to pray at least half of this room so whatever the attendance is at least half have their hands raised right now we have faulty conversions because we preach a faulty gospel this is not an amway convention i love amway it's not an amway convention it's not a business seminar this is about the real thing with that hand raised as high as you can I want everybody else to raise their hand along with you. And I want everybody in this room to shout this prayer and mean it. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I was born in sin. 
and in iniquity was I conceived. I've been a good sinner, and I'm tired of it. I'm weary with it. This preacher said, you could cancel my past and make me a new creature. I believe you to do that by the blood of Jesus Christ. Come into my heart. Make me a new creature. Give me eternal life. Satan, I renounce you. Self, I renounce you. Go from me now. Lord Jesus Christ, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'm forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm a new creature. It makes me feel so good. I can almost shout. Oh, why not? Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.